Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf yud. I'm going to go from the second last line of Tesamud Beis. Today's shoes Ilmishmas Ben Tzion Ben Zev Avram Halevi Etareicha Bastov Ber Yakutiel and Zev Yaakov Ben Dov Nota. May their memory, may their neshamas have an aliyah. Today's shoes also for a full shleima. Oh no, okay. Um, there's um, yeah, and regard for Ruvain for Ruvain for Ruvain for Ruvain Peretz Ben Chaya Sara for Ruvain Peretz Ben Chaya Okay, and today is the twenty fourth day of the Omer Hayom. Um, so we're going to go from the bottom of 9b. And remember yesterday we brought Reish Lakish said quite a harsh criticism of the Babylonian Jews. He said the reason that he wouldn't, um, he seemed reluctant to interact with a, with a sage from Bavel because he said the reason the Shekhinah did not rest on the second base Amikdash to the same degree that it rested on the first base Amikdash was that the Jews of Babel didn't go up. He said it's all their fault for not uh, going up with Ezra and therefore the Shida didn't rest. So now Al Gamora says, Kiasa, the comment of Yochanan, when they came before Rabbi Yochanan, and um, I and to say that this reason of Rish, to give this reason of Rish Lakish, Rabbi Yochanan said, that's not the reason. He said, even if all the Jews would have gone up in the days of Ezra. The Shechina still would have not have rested on the second base Amigdash. Tirsiv, as it's written, Yefes Elohim sorry, Yaft Elohim Yefes, Yishkon Yaakov. Literally, beauty will be given to Yefes, and he will dwell in the tents of shame. Yishkon shame. So he says, Afalgav de Yoft le Elohim Liefes, even though Hashem gave beauty, either base Amigdash to Yefes. Yefes, as we'll see, was the empire that got to build the base Amigdash. Um, when the Jews went back to Eretz Yisrael after the Babylonian exile, remember in the interim, Babel had been conquered and now it was the Persian Median Empire. But so when they got permission to yeah, we'll see a bit more further down the page. When they got permission to um, to rebuild, it was basically um, in the Persians' hands. In who was it? Koresh. He gave them the permission. He helped them on their way, and he gave them the funds to build the base Amigdash. So in a way, the base Amigdash was built by Yefes. It says, "An and we know that the Shechina, as it says, he will dwell in the tents of shame, so that it will own Hashem's Shechina only dwelt in the Beis Hamikdash, um, in the Beis Hamikdash of Shlomo Hamelech, a descendant of shame. So interesting. Um, yeah, so that's he gives a different reason. It seems again, as I said, we need to look more into, and there's a lot to discuss on the different levels of. Clearly, the Shechina was more in the first temple than the second temple. We know there was no Nevoah in the second temple, at least from early on in the second temple. All the, the last prophets had uh, were, had died out. Um, so there were definitely a decrease in, a, in, in Hashem's presence. But there were other malas in the second temple. It wasn't like a 
hollow shell that almost there was no point in going there. It was still the base Hamigdash. Um, okay, but let's carry on. Now the Gemara says, Uparsam in Holland Castle. How do you know that the Persians come from Yefes? As we said, it was all, we're saying that Yefes built the base Hamigdash, but it was actually, we know. Uh, factually, it was the Persians. So Goimer is now interesting. That your art scroll have a whole map and they have a whole long description on where exactly we're talking about. Some of them that might be more familiar with us. Again, each place has at least two opinions of what it's referring to. But I'll go with the ones that are a little bit more familiar. At least one of the opinions in them. So Goimer Zergermania. This would be the German area. Magog, and obviously we're talking about the ancient world, so they, their borders would not be the exact same as ours. Magog Zekandia, that would be Candia. Modaizu Makodania, Macedonia. Um, and it says, oh, Modaizu Kamashmai, Modai is Medes, and Yovonzu Makodania. And Yovon, what we generally say is Greece, would be Macedonia. Tuval Zebesonaiki. Some uh, yeah, Moshach zu Musia Tiras Pligi regarding Tiras Pligi Bo Rebi Simai Verabonen Va Omri Lo Rebi Simun Verabonen Chad Omar zu Beis Tirak Some say it was um, Thrace or Thraki Va Chad Omar zu Paras and one says this is Persia or what we would call modern day around the area Iran. That's where the whole Purim stories. But what do we see? Tony Rav Yosef, Tiras Uporis, and Rav Yosef taught that Tiras is Poires. Right, so Yefes, when the Torah is listing Yefes's sons, one of them is Tiras, and Rav Yosef brings a Brisa that this is Poras, Persia. So that's why we can say that Yefes is referring to Persia. It's one of Yefes's sons. Now we carry on when it describes the different sons of Noach, which area each of those sons Settled in. Um, Savta Verama Vesavtacha. Tony Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef explained, Sakistan, Sakistan, give Yosa the inner one, Vesakistan Bryce, and the outer Sakistan. Bain Chada Lechada Maya Parsi, and between each, between the two, there was a hundred Parsi. The Hekefa Alfe Parsi, and it's the circumference was a thousand Parsi. Remember again, you've got inner Sakistan and outer Sakistan. So it's, I mean, it's a ring within a ring, or a circle within a ring. And that's what it's describing. But then it carries on. The start of his, of the reign of Nimrod, sorry, Bavel, not Bavel, Bavel, Erech, Achad, and Kalne. It says Bavel, Kamashmo, Bavel is... As it stands, that's Babylonia, which is around the area of modern-day Iraq. Erech zu Urichus, Va'achid zu Bashar, Kalna zu Neifer Ninfi. Then it carries on. Mina Oretzahi Yatsa Ashur. Ashur left that land. Interesting enough, it brings because that's when they started the Tower of Babel. They started to build the Tower of Babel to go against Hashem. So Ashur. Left, he didn't want to be a part of it. Tony Rav Yosef Oshur but where did Oshur is actually a, a land? I so you'd read it as he went to Oshur, that would be a Silak, which is we we would often refer to as a Syria. And he built Ninve, Rechovas, Ir, and Kalach, Ninve, Kamashma. Ninve is the famous city, Ninve. Interesting enough. 
um, where it's placed, which uh, it became famous in the last few years because of ISIS, uh, Mosul. It's across uh, the river by Mosul. Rechovus Irzu Poras Demeshan. And Rechovus Ir refers to Poras Demeshan. Kalach Zu Poras de Bursif. That's Poras de Bursif. Um, interestingly enough, um, Bavel and Bursif switched names. It gets it's discussed in certain Gomorrahs, but it gets co- confusing sometimes when it says Bavel, it's actually referring to what would more be which would be more familiar as Bursaf, and sometimes when it says Bursaf, it would actually be Bavel. The S Rason by Ninveh Rason between Ninveh and Kalach was a great city. Now Rason Zu Akat Aktisifon he iragadoila he when it says it was a great city, I don't know whether it's saying Ninveh was a great city or Rasan was a great city. When it says in Yona, that's the famous city of Ninveh, became famous because of Yona. It says it was a great city by God and it was a three-day journey. I think that's how long, how big it was. It says, must be referring to Ninveh. Um, now we're going to, once we've discussed places and uh, some identifying ancient features, we're now going to mention a few more. So this is by when the Jews were going to spy out the land. They started in the south. And as they came up, Kalev went to visit Hebron. says, These giants. Sheshei Talmai and Hanek. Why was his name? He was the most powerful of the brothers. I, it literally would mean the brother of two right hands. And we know right hand represents strength and power. When he would walk, he was such a huge giant, he would leave the ground in ruins beneath him. Talmai, what was his name? He made the land into furrows. As he walked along, I guess, dragging his feet, he would leave huge furrows behind him. Then leave out the next two words. And Talmai, Bono, Talbush. They each built those cities. Yelidei ha'anak. Why does it mean Yelidei ha'anak? Shem anikim ha'chamim b'koim ha'som. When they would stand up, they were so tall, it looked like the sun was a jewel on their necklace. I would stand up and you would just see like the sun peeking out from behind him, kind of like a jewel on a necklace. Omar Rebbe Yoshua ben Levi. Rebbe Yoshua ben Levi says, Omar Rebbe, in the name of Rebbe, Atidu Romi Shetopu B'yad Poras. In the future, Rome will fall at the hand of Persia. Shneemar, as it says, Listen to the counsel of Hashem, which he decided against Edom. And his thoughts against the resident, which he thought against the residents of Taman. It says, Will surely... They will be this um sir um say what you so yeah they will be destroyed by the young flock the literally it's on the young flock and surely their dwellings will be destroyed so so he say that must be referring to the Persians. 
says, Where do you get that Tzirah is referring to Persia? Do you see it as it's written? This is in the vision of um, Daniel. He saw a ram, a flock, coming out of the river with two horns. He says, and the explanation is, that's the Median Persian Empire. So we see that must be where you get it from, that when it says that the flock will destroy Rome, it must mean the Persians. But he says, but that's not, necess- that's not, that's not necessary like that. The goat was the king of Yovan. I want that we see Yovan also referred to as a goat. She says, When Rav Chaviva Bar Surmaki went up to Eretz Yisrael, remember Solik is made Aliyah, um, he said before the, some of the Rabbonon, only someone who doesn't really know how to explain Psukim would ask such a kasha on Rebbe. It says, it doesn't mean flock, and therefore when you find the reference of a flock to another nation, that's the nation it's referring to. No, that's not what it means. It says, Zutra dachoi. It means the youngest of the brothers. The youngest of the brothers of, the youngest of Yefes's children. And that's, as remember, we started off the top of the page. It says, Bnei Yefes, Goimeru Magog, Madai V'yavon, V'tuvalu Moshech V'tiras. Tiras, and we learned that Tiras is Persia. The Tani Rabbi Yosef, Tiras Uporas, that's Persia. So it says that Rome will fall in the hands of Persia. Okay, carrying on with this theme, but a new point. Omar Rabbi Barakhana, Omar Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef said, Name of Rabbi Yosef, Mishum Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Lai, in the name of Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Lai, Atida Romi Shetafel Biyad Poras. In the future, Rome will fall at the hands of Persia. Kavu Chaymer, it's a Kavu Chaymer. If in the first base Amigdash was built by Bnei Shem, built by the descendants of Shlomah, and it was destroyed by the Kazdim who fell into the hands of the Persians, Migdash will. So, so what? Yeah, the second temple which the Persians built the Chivu Ramim and the Romans destroyed it. Ainotin Shiplu Ramim Biad Parsim. Obviously, it makes a lot of sense that the Persians will come back and take vengeance against the Romans. Not so clear of the Kavachome, but this is what I, what I thought Pshat is as follows. If the Persians, the Persians seem to definitely have some connections, but Bnei Yefes, um, Yofat, the Persians definitely had some connection to the base Amidash, some intrinsic connection to the base Amidash. And we see that it says, Yafte Lokimli Yefes. Hashem gave Yef, gave beauty to Yefes, beauty referring to the base Amidash in that Drosha. We also find, before even the destruction of the first temple, I think it was Yeshaya prophesied about the Persians. Koresh, etc., rebuilding and the involvement in the base, in rebuilding of the Jews, Baikid Aliyah, and rebuilding the second temple. Um, so, it's, so for us, it's, we see, so the Persians had some intrinsic connection to the base of Midash. So, if they took vengeance and destroyed the Kazdim for destroying the first base of Midash, which was actually built by Shlomo, they're definitely going to come along and attack the nation that destroyed the second temple, which they themselves were involved and built.
So yeah, Barsim. Rav had a different tradition. He said it wasn't the Romans who will fall in the hands of the Persians. There's in the future Paras Tipul Biadromi, the Persians will fall at the hands of the Romans. Omrulay Rav Kahana Ravasi Rav the Rav Binuye Biyad Soisre. Rav Kahana Ravasi said that the builders of the temple will fall in the hands of those who destroyed the temple. That doesn't sound just. Doesn't sound just that the Persians who had an aspect of piety that were involved in the building of the second base of Mindash, they're going to fall into the hands of the ones who did. It says Omar Lehu, in yes, Xeris Amelechi. Sometimes we don't understand how Hashem runs the world. Very, very important line is Xeris Amelechi. We like to see Hashem's justice. And there is a Kiddush Hashem when we can comprehend and understand Hashem's justice, but we also have to remember that we don't comprehend the godly plan fully. We don't understand why history unfolds in certain ways. For various reasons, Hashem has decided that certain, a certain direction and trajectory and a way that history has to unfold. We know there's a godly plan, but exactly what it is and how it unfolds, that is up to Hashem. Yes, it doesn't make sense from our perspective. It doesn't seem just that those who are involved in the building of the temple should fall into the hands of those who destroyed the temple. But Hashem has a plan and that's what it is. He says, no, the Persians were involved in destroying many, many shuls. I granted they destroyed, they might have been involved in rebuilding the temple. They were, before that, they've destroyed many, many shuls. There's a bright in line with Rav's tradition that in the future, the Persia, Persia will fall to the hands of Rome. Firstly, they destroyed many shuls. That those who build it, I we can't comprehend it, but it's how history will unfold: is that the builders will fall in the hands of the destroyers. Um, um, ben David will not come, I, the future Mashiach will not come until the Roman Empire, the evil Roman Empire will spread over the whole world for nine months. Shenemar, as it says, Lochem Yitnaim at Eisyo Leida Yelado, the Yeser Echov Yeshuvah and Albanay Israel. I, for the time of Leida, for nine months, that will be the almost the dominion of the entire world under the evil Roman uh, Empire. Um, Yeah, under the evil Roman Empire, and and that that nine months corresponds to the 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 the, the birth of um, I guess the the struggling pregnancy, the the birth pangs of Moshiach, which we often describe as very uh, very tragic and um, and hectic. Now we go back. The Gemara goes back to discussing the Nishkas Parhedron. And the specific point we're going to discuss at first is regarding did it have a mezuzah. And this is going to lead us on the rest of today's daf and most of tomorrow's daf. We're actually going to discuss Hilchus mezuzah and quite a few practical points are going to come out from these halachas and um, from the discussion of mezuzah. Um, so it's actually in the middle of discussing a mezuzah on the base of Midash, we learn a whole lot of very important mezuzah halachas for us. 
So he says, all the chambers in the base of Middash do not have a mezuzah, except for the Lishkas Parhedron, which was a dwelling place. It was a, the house of the Kohen Godel. The Kohen Godel lived there for seven days of the year before Yom Kippur. So if he lived there, he needed a mezuzah. Interesting enough, the other chambers were not for living in. They did not need a mezuzah. Says Omar Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, "Valoi kamen lishkos hoyu b'migdash shehoyu lo hen beis dira." He says, "No, there were many chambers in the, or a few chambers in the temple which were used for living in. V'lo hoyu lo hen mezuzah. They didn't have mezuzahs. I. What were these other chambers for living in? So it was for Rashi explains. It was for the gods of the beis migdash. We know any king has gods. Sometimes they just honor gods, like we know about Buckingham Palace." The gods there, the Chanel God, it's all for a display of power and uh, and honor to the king and queen that they have uh, gods. So, so to the base Amidash, Hashem's palace had gods. And he says those gods used to stay there. Um, Rather, this that the Lishkas Parhedron had a mezuzah was a gezera. So it comes out, we'll discuss this further, but it comes out that according to the Tanakhama, sorry, the Tanakhama holds the Lishkas Parhedron was higher than a mezuzah, and Rabbi Yehuda holds that the Lishkas Parhedron had a mezuzah, but it was only a gezera derabodon. We'll see shortly what the Xayra Durabonin is. No. Now the... Wondering whether... Yeah, I'll go into now. The Gvura Sari. That's the Shagas Ariyeh has a commentary on Yuma. He has a commentary, Gvura Sari and Ture Evan, which go into a few Masechtas of Yuma. But he asks a very fascinating question here. He says, the Lishkas Parhedrin should not be considered a house. It should be considered a hotel room. Are you, when you go stay at a hotel, even if it's for a week or two weeks, are you obligated to put up a mezuzah? No. So the Lishka's Parhedrin should have that same status. Um, it should not have the, you should not be chayav in a mezuzah. So he says maybe it has the same aloha as someone who rents a house in Eretz Yisrael. We know if you rent a house, there's an interesting category we'll discuss it very shortly. But if you buy a house, wherever you buy it, whether Chutzar is in Eretz Yisrael, you have to put on mezuzahs immediately. If you rent a house in Eretz Yisrael, you have to put a mezuzah on immediately. But if you rent a house in Chutzar, you only have to put on a mezuzah every 30, only after 30 days. You might say, oh, so granted the Kohen Godel is going to stay in the Lishkas Parhedron for seven days. Maybe it's considered renting a uh, a house in Eretz Yisrael and he's chayav in mezuzah. So Gvur says that can't be because you're only chayav in a mezuzah if you are going to, this that you chayav in a mezuzah immediately if you rent a property, a house in Eretz Yisrael is where you um, are going to stay there for more than 30 days. But if you're only going to stay there temporarily like a hotel room, well then you're not chayav in a mezuzah. So these questions stands um, why should you be chayav in a mezuzah? Why should there be a, a mezuzah on the Liskas Parhedron? Isn't it more like a hotel room of the Kohen Godel? So he answers very interestingly. He says, maybe it's the Chiyuv. The Kohen Godel is obligated to stay there. 
It's not like going to a hotel room. You choose to stay in the hotel room and therefore it has a very temporary and a lack of a fixed nature. But the Kohen Gadol had to. He was obligated to go stay in the Lishkas Parhedron and therefore that gives it a kfios. That makes it his home. Whether he, well, to go into this a bit further of the taf, whether, whether he wants it or not, it is his home for those seven days, and therefore it would be Chayav on a mezuzah, even though he stayed there very temporarily. And just, just to re-emphasize in Chutzla Oretz, that many people, you, people often think that as long as you put your mezuzahs up, you buy a new house, as long as you put the mezuzahs up within 30 days, that's all right. He says, no, that's only when you're renting a house in Chutzla Oretz that you have 30 days and then you chayav in the mezuzah. If you buy a house, you're obligated to put a mezuzah up immediately. Um, you can discuss, there's an interesting, I mean, it's a problem, I think it might be a, a South African problem, but at least in South Africa, our houses seem to have many, many, many doors and doorways. And if you're going to have to uh, add the cost of mezuzahs, it gets very, very expensive. You just buy a house, not only did you have to pay for the house, you had to pay for the transfer fees and the transfer taxes, and it adds very quickly adds up to another tens, if not hundreds of thousands of uh, tens of thousands of rands. And then over and above that, you now got to find twenty mezuzahs, which also add up very quickly to another good few thousand rand. So there might be leniency to put up a few mezuzahs at a time, but strictly speaking, if you buy a house, as soon as you as soon as you buy it, and as soon as you, move, or maybe maybe as soon as you're moving in, but at least as soon as you buy it, let's say I guess as soon as the transfer goes through, you're obligated to put up a mezuzah. Okay, so that's um, that's so that's an interesting point on the coin uh, side point that the Shagas Arya asked. Says my time at Rebbe What's the source of Rebbe Yehuda? So Omar Rabba 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 says the reason of Rabbi Yehuda is cause of Rabbi Yehuda any house that is not made for both summer and winter does not qualify does not have the meet the requirement of bias we know you only have to put a mezuzah on a house if it's made to stay there you wouldn't be having a bias interesting I was thinking based on this a holiday home you, oh, you got a, a, a home in Cape Town or something like that and you only go there in December Sounds like according to Rabbi Yehuda, you should be potter from. Uh, um, sounds like you should be potter from a mezuzah based on Rabbi Yehuda. So that's what Rabbi Yehuda holds. He holds that uh, um, as Rashi says, all the rooms were only used by the, the. Granted, there were gods who stayed there. They were only used as not. I mean, that's easy according to the opinion that it was only. Um, only the gods were only at night, but that's that's the easiest way to learn is that Rabbi Yudolf, the gods were only at night, so there's no need for a mezuzah. Strictly speaking, Lishkas Parhedron, which is only used seven days a year, does not meet the criteria of being a house, and therefore you could, uh, and, and therefore it's not high, but it's Zaira that you put on a mezuzah. The Tanakam, on the other hand, holds. Since he used it for nine days straight, it does have a status of a house. Sorry, not for seven days straight. It does have the 
status of a house, and that's why it needs a mezuzah. Um, the Gemara is now going to challenge Rabbah. So again, Rabbah's reason is because if you have a house that's only meant for part-time, for like just summer, or here, just the seven days before Yom Kippur, it doesn't have the status of a house that is Chayav in Mezuzah. He says, A.C. Vaya Baya Baya challenges. He says, Vahogs, if it's written, Vahakasi Beisachoyrev Al Beisachayetz. We, um, I will destroy the winter house and the summer house. We see that it is still a house, even if it's only for one season, for part of the year. So, Amalei Beisachoyrev for Beisachayetz Ikri Beistama Loi Ikri. He says, no, those are specifically called the Beisachoyrev or a Beisachayetz, your, your, your home or your holiday home. But it doesn't just, when a person says my house, they mean a house that they stay in throughout the year. Um, Farm, so that's not necessarily a rejection. AC by Abaya, Abaya challenged this again. Now, this is by Maser. So, just a quick point, you know, when does grain become chayev to separate the trumas and masras? Obviously, it reaches a certain stage in the processing after you've harvested and milled it and made the grain into a, uh, and threshed it and made the grain into a pile, and then you take it into the house. That's when you chayev in Maser. One of the main practical relevance of whether it's Chavin Maser yet or not is before it's Chavin Maser Chazal, you're allowed to eat snack on that produce. Once it's Chavin Maser, you're not allowed to eat anything until you have separated the Maserot. So, um, if someone brings produce into a sukkah on sukkahs, Rabbi Yehuda says it's Chayav in Maser because he holds a sukkah has the status of a um, the sukkah has a status of a house. And that's what the Chachomim Peturim, the Chachomim say you exempt. Vitani Ola, and we Abraisa elaborated on that teaching. Rabbi Yehuda Machayev Be'eruv Mezuzah. Rabbi Yehuda says it's over Maser. Rabbi Yehuda says it's Chayev in Eruv Mezuzah and Maser. Remember, Maseches Eruvin, if you have a few houses opening in a courtyard, they each have to join in an Eruv. And if one of them does not join, what's the reason? Because any time you change ownership, Chazal Institute, you need an Eruv. So when you go to private property, your house, into, again, it's not public property, but it's communal, um, it's property belonging by a few people, everyone in that complex, well then you have to put out, set up an Eruv, I put bread from everyone in one house, don't know if you remember from Eruvin, um, and this sukkah, Rabbi Yehuda says, is considered one of the houses that open into the Eruv. If, I, if, if he doesn't, if they don't put an Eruv, then they can't carry there. Including, if the sukkah is not involved, the person who owns the sukkah is not involved in the Eruv, they can't carry there. And mezuzah, the sukkah is considered a proper dwelling, and therefore it also requires a mezuzah. And as we said, maser, if you bring produce into the sukkah, it's as if it's been brought into the house, and it's now chayav in maser. Oh, v'chitay and maybe you will say it's only chayav drabonim. I this that Rabbi Yehuda says it's chayav in a in a eru mezuzah and maser is only drabonim. Says bishleim a eru mezuzah Okay, fine. Eruv and mezuzah, you could say Chazal said he says holds there's a mitzvah drabonim to put a mezuzah on your sukkah and a mitzvah drabonim to make an eruv with the sukkah. Says elo maser, but by maser mi ikelamayma midrabonim you cannot say that it is drabonim. Because you might come to separate from what you chayav on on something that you really potter and something that you potter on on what you really chayav on. Maser, remember, 
if you have on Maser Do'oraisa, you have to separate from grain that is Chayav Mid'oraisa. If you separate Maser from grain that you don't have to separate Maser on, you don't, it doesn't count as separating Maser. So if Chazal come along and say any grain you bring into your sukkah is Chayav in Maser, you run into trouble because now someone will say, oh, it's proper, it's really chayev, and they'll try separate for grain that is, oh, that is chayev d'oraisa, where this grain that you brought in your, your, your sukkah is not. So therefore, what Rabbi Yehuda is saying, so the Gomorrah is saying, it cannot be only a mitzvah Rabbonin because Rabbonin would not have instituted something like that by Maaseh. So Ella Omer Abaya, Rather, Abayah gives a different explanation. Again, why would Rabbi Yehuda hold the Lishka's parhedron is Chayv in Mezuzah? So he says as follows. The seven days of Sukkah, of when the Kohen Godel stays in the Lishka's parhedron, everyone agrees it's Chayv in Mezuzah. Again, someone who stays somewhere, even if it's only for part of the year, for a week of the year, your holiday home that you go to once a year is Chayv. They argue regarding the rest of the year. Rabbonin hold that you, there is a gzaira that you have to put up a mezuzah because if you do not have a mezuzah up the rest of the year, you're going to forget to have a mezuzah up for the seven days that the Kohen God lives there. Says Verebuda Savar Loigazrin Rebuda holds that's not the reason for the gzaira. Ayrashi explains, and we'll see this a bit further down the page, that the Rabbon, so the Rabbonin hold you need a mezuzah the rest of the year in case you forget to have one for the sets, for the seven days. Rabbi Yehuda holds no, you don't need one for that reason of the Xera. There's Xeras they wanted to be similar to a home. If you didn't have the mezuzah up the rest of the year, people will say it's more like a jail. The Kohen Godel is forced into there and that's why there's no mezuzah. So you have to have a mezuzah. Again, different reason to the Rabbonin. So according to Abayah's answer, you need, everyone agrees you have for the seven days that the Kohen Godel lives there. They argue on the reason why you have a mezuzah the rest of the year. So Amalei Rava is not happy with it. He says, But the Brayse taught that you have in a mezuzah on a sukkah on, on, in a sukkah on sukkahs, i.e., um, and the Rabbonan said, There you are potter. So, so to here they should say, You potter. I again, granted, you want to tell me that Rabbi Yehuda holds by the fact you chay, just as you have for a sukkah, you have for the Lishkas Parhedjan, that doesn't fit with the Rabbonan by sukkahs because the Rabbonan argue on Rabbi Yehuda and say, You're not have on a sukkah. So this explanation that everyone holds you chayev to put a mezuzah on the Lishkas Parhedron because the Kohen Godel stays there for seven days doesn't fit with the teaching in Sukkah. So Elo, my rather, rather, rather says, B'shar Yomoy Everyone agrees that the rest of the year you exempt from a mezuzah. Ki kligi b'shiva. They argue regarding the seven days that the Kohen Godel stays there. And the reason that there's a machloikas by a sukkah whether you chayv in a mezuzah is its own discussion. And the reason whether you chayv on a mezuzah one, the Kohen Godel is staying in the Lishkas, in the Lishkas 
parhedrim. This is our own discussion. As we'll see, sukkah time elachud Rabbi Yehuda. The time Rabbi Yehuda follows his reasoning by a sukkah to Amma, sukkah's dearest keva, bo'inan, or mechaev, b'mezuzah. Rabbi Yehuda holds your sukkah has to be a permanent dwelling. And therefore, it's chayv in a mezuzah. Rabbonin say, no, the sukkah dafka has to be a temporary building. It can't be higher than 20 amos, etc. It can't be something that's forced to be a permanent building. Therefore, you're not chayv in mezuzah. So again, by sukkah, it's a discussion whether you hold the sukkah can be a permanent dwelling or not. Rabbi Yehuda holds it can, or maybe it should be a permanent dwelling. Therefore, you have in mezuzah. Rabbonin hold it's not a permanent dwelling, and therefore you're not have in mezuzah on your sukkah. Velishka time elachud, and it's a different discussion regarding the lishka. Rabbonin sorry, dira bal korchash may dira. Rabbonin hold a dira that you forced to stay in is considered a dira, is considered a dwelling place. I even though very interestingly. Um, the Kohen Godel doesn't choose to stay in the Parhedron. He's, remember, he has to go stay in the Parhedron. Upon and hold, that still counts as a dwelling. We review this over, Dira Baal Karcha, Loishmei Dira. And review it holds, Dira Baal Karcha is not considered a Dira. And however, the rabbis made a gzaira that you have to put a mezuzah on the Lishkas Parhedron. That people don't say, Kohen Godel, Chavosh Bevesa Hasurin. The Kohen Godel is is stuck in jail. So what are we... Um, um, what are we saying? That So it actually comes out very interesting. By Sukkah, Rabbi Yehuda holds... Rabbonin hold Potur, but by the Parhedron, they hold Chayv in Mezuzah. And by... And Rabbi Yehuda holds Basukah Chayav in Mezuzah, but by the Lishkas Parhedron, when the Kohen Godel stays there for the seven days, Potur except there's a Xerah Durabonin. Interesting, so their opinions switch. But as we said, it's based on a different, it's based on a different discussion. The one is based on, is it considered a permanent dwelling or a temporary dwelling? That's Basukah. And by the Lishkas Parhedron, it's based on the discussion, are you Chayav in a Mezuzah, in a place where... Are you chayav in a mezuzah in a place where um, in a, in in a place where you forced to live? Interestingly enough, some poskim want to bring from here that if someone's going to be in jail for a while, they're not chayav in a mezuzah because they they forced to live there. That would be, I mean, that's what it seems to be here. We don't want the, the Kohen Godel to people to think that it's like a jail, and therefore we put up a mezuzah. We don't want everyone to think, oh, the, the only reason that the Kohen Godel is there is because it's a jail, and because he has to be there, he's forced and he's incarcerated in that room. And so someone would bring from here that a jail would not be chav in a mezuzah. Others argue and say that doesn't seem to fit with the conclusion. Firstly, the Rabbonin hold you archive on the Lishkas. Sorry, what was the reason? Yeah, I don't remember the reason. Okay, let's just read one more. Let's just do one more piece. 
It says, Man Tana Laha de Tana Rabbanon. Who's the author of the following teachers? It says, Kala Shahu Sham, Lahayulahim Mezuzah. All the gates that they had in the base of Midash did not have a Mezuzah. Chutz Mishar, it seems Nikanor is Mishar Hamayim, except for the Shar Nikanor. Shelifnim Mimenu Lishkas Parhedjan, because just in from it is the Lishkas Parhedjan. So what are, you, what are we saying? The gates of the Beis Amidash do not have a mezuzah. We can, we're not going to discuss it today. Maybe we'll get a chance to discuss whether a shul or other holy areas need mezuzah. But there was only a mezuzah on, on Nicanor because you went through Nicanor into the Lishkas Parhedron. Must be Rabbonin and not Rabbi Yehuda because Rabbonin holds his Chayav in Mezuzah, so therefore he also put one on the gates of Nicanor. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, the whole reason was so that it doesn't look like a prison, it's Xaira. We're not going to say, oh, there's Xaira to have it on the Lishkas Parhedron, we're also going to make Xaira to put it on the Shar Nicanor. We can even say it's Rabbi Yehuda, it's all one Xaira. But this is an important point. Um, in um, this is an yeah, uh, interesting distinction again um, exactly how this fits with Rabbi Yehud that it fits with it does fit with Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanon but more for our practical purposes if you have a gate that doesn't really open into a dwelling but it opens but that area opens into a dwelling so for example you know some people have by their front doors they have like a gate and then a tiny little room that would not necessarily be Chaim in a mezuzah, but a meter away is the front door. Since you have to go through that gate or through the first front door into that little room, into the second front door, you'd be Chaim a mezuzah like Bashar Nikanor. It was a room opening, it was a doorway that opens into the area that opens into a room that you Chaim in a mezuzah. So that's something to be aware of where you have in a mezuzah, and we'll leave it here for today, and we'll continue with the halachas on mezuzah tomorrow.